Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the Dad-Son Challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of Manly Tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com challenge where you can download your free dad-son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. Today's episode begins Season 4 of Manly Tales, where we're talking about The Lord of the Rings. All stories are from The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. Today's episode is about Frodo Baggins. Let's listen together. Frodo drew the ring out of his pocket again and looked at it. It now appeared plain and smooth, without mark or device that he could see. The gold looked very fair and pure, and Frodo thought how rich and beautiful was its color and how perfect was its roundness. It was an admirable thing and altogether precious. When he took it out, he had intended to fling it from him into the very hottest part of the fire, but he found now that he could not do so, not without a great struggle. He weighed the ring in his hand, hesitating and forcing himself to remember all that Gandalf had told him. And then, with an effort of will, he made a movement, as if to cast it away, but he found that he had put it back in his pocket. Gandalf laughed grimly. You see, already you too, Frodo, cannot easily let it go, nor will to damage it. And I could not make you except by force, which would break your mind. But as for breaking the ring, force is useless. Even if you took it and struck it with a heavy sledgehammer, it would make no dint in it. It cannot be unmade by your hands or by mine. Your small fire, of course, would not melt even ordinary gold. This ring has already passed through it unscathed and even unheated. But there is no smith's forge in this shire that could change it at all. Not even the anvils and furnaces of the dwarves could do that. It has been said that dragon fire could melt and consume the rings of power, but... There is not now any dragon left on earth in which the old fire is hot enough, nor was there ever any dragon, not even Encalagon the Black, who could have harmed the one ring, the ruling ring, for that was made by Sauron himself. There is one way to find the cracks of doom in the depths of Ordurin, the fire mountain, and cast the ring in there. If you really wish to destroy it, to put it beyond the grasp of the enemy forever... I do really wish to destroy it, cried Frodo. Oh, well, to have it destroyed, I am not made for perilous quests. I wish I had never seen the ring. Why did it come to me? Why was I chosen? Such questions cannot be answered, said Gandalf. You may be sure that it was not for any merit that others do not possess, not for power or wisdom at any rate. But you have been chosen, and you must therefore... Use such strength in heart and wits as you have. But I have so little of any of those things. You are wise and powerful. Will you not take the ring? 
"'No!' cried Gandalf, springing to his feet. "'With that power I would have power too great and terrible, and over me the ring would gain a power still greater and more deadly.' His eyes flashed, and his face was lit as by a fire within. "'Do not tempt me, for I do not wish to become like the Dark Lord himself. Yet the way of the ring to my heart is by pity, pity for weakness and the desire of strength to do good. Do not tempt me. I dare not take it, not even to keep it safe, unused.' The wish to wield it would be too great for my strength. I shall have such a need of it. Great perils lie before me. He went to the window and drew aside the curtains and the shutters. Sunlight streamed back again into the room. Sam passed along the path outside whistling. And now, said the wizard, turning back to Frodo, the decision lies with you, but I will always help you. He laid his hand on Frodo's shoulder. I will help you bear this burden as long as it is yours to bear. But we must do something soon. The enemy is moving. There was a long silence. Gandalf sat down again and puffed at his pipe, as if lost in thought. His eyes seemed closed, but under the lids he was watching Frodo intently. Frodo gazed fixedly at the red embers on the hearth, until they filled all his vision, and he seemed to be looking down into profound wells of fire, he was thinking of the fabled cracks of doom and the terror of the fiery mountain. "'Well,' said Gandalf at last, "'what are you thinking about? Have you decided what to do?' "'No,' answered Frodo, coming back to himself out of darkness, and finding to his surprise that it was not dark, and that out of the window he could see the sunlit garden. "'Or perhaps, yes, as, as far as I understand what you have said, I suppose I must keep the ring.' and got it, at least for the present, whatever it may do to me. Whatever it may do, it will be slow. Slow to evil, if you keep it with that purpose, said Gandalf. I hope so, said Frodo. But I hope that you may find some other better keeper soon. But in the meanwhile, it seems that I am a danger, a danger to all that live near me. I cannot keep the ring and stay here. I ought to leave Bag End. Leave the Shire. Leave everything and go away, he sighed. I should like to save the Shire, if I could, though there have been times when I thought the inhabitants too stupid and dull for words, and have felt that an earthquake or an invasion of dragons might be good for them. But I don't feel like that now. I feel that as long as the Shire lies behind, safe and comfortable, I shall find wandering more bearable. I shall know that somewhere there is a firm foothold even if my feet cannot stand there again. Of course, I've sometimes thought of going away, but I imagine that as a kind of holiday, a series of adventures like Bilbo's, a better, ending in peace. But this would mean exile, a flight from danger into danger, drawing it after me. And I suppose I must go alone, if I am to do that and save the Shire. But I feel very small, and very uprooted, and, well... Desperate. The enemy is so strong and terrible. He did not tell Gandalf, but as he was speaking, a great desire to follow Bilbo flamed up in his heart. To follow Bilbo, and even perhaps to find him again. It was so strong that it overcame his fear. He could almost have run out of there and then down the road with his hat, as Bilbo had done on a similar morning long ago. My dear Frodo, exclaimed Gandalf, Hobbits really are amazing creatures, as I have said before. 
You can learn all there is to know about their ways in a month, and yet, after a hundred years, they can still surprise you at a pinch. All right, well, here we are getting into season four of the Manly Tales podcast, and this is one I know that we have been waiting to do for a long time and are all really excited about as we get started with the Fellowship of the Ring. Woohoo! Super fun. Okay, so our first story today being about Frodo, the hobbit, who has the ring, and this is such a great setup. So I would love to hear from you guys. What did you love about this story? What did you love about Frodo? I mean, you know, we've been listening to this story since we were both like probably six or eight years old. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's so many parts that I love about the story. One is just that like... Frodo, you know, like, even though all of the dangers and things that Gandalf has told him about, like, he's still willing to be able to carry the ring and be the ring bearer. And he's like, well, I don't want anybody else in the Shire to get hurt. So let me just take it and I'll leave the Shire. Like, that's something that he's never thought about or ever even done in his entire life of being in the Shire. So that's a big step. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. I love that. Just kind of like, you know, self-sacrifice willingness to kind of do for others. I like that, too. I think that's great. Colton, what about you? What did you like about this story about Frodo? I mean, I like that he is just like, you know, I'll take this ring and go. Like, I don't want any of my friends to get hurt, so I'll just take it. I like that. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's really pretty great. One of the things that we just love about Hobbits. So here on the Manly Tales podcast, we love to talk about our five marks of manhood, which are the things that we believe every man should demonstrate in his life as a part of what it means to live as a man. And can you guys explain for people who might be jumping in for the first time, can you tell them what our five marks of manhood are? Drink, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. That's right. Okay, so as you think about those things, what of those did you hear in the story about Frodo? I definitely saw courage because he was like, you know what, I'll just go and take this ring and like, he said that he'll take a ring that could like destroy his soul and make him evil. Like, I would be afraid to do or keep something with me that could do that to me. I would just be very afraid of. Uh, yeah, me too. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll take it to the cracks of doom, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah. like, sounds like the worst place on the planet. You know, I'll go throw it in the fire of the volcano. Sure. You know, yeah, you're right. Definitely a lot of courage involved in doing what he's doing. What else, Eli, any marks of manhood that you heard in the story? Um, well, I think it um definitely takes some strength for him to be able to just like, you know, not only um like say that he will take the ring but like the you know the state of mind that you have to be in to be like okay this thing that's really powerful and the story that they're in could really hurt me and do some things to me and make me do things to other people that I wouldn't want to do like that he's willing to be able to do that so that he can you know like basically save everyone yeah, I, I agree. I think that's really good. I mean, Gandalf kind of even tells him, like, 
this ring is going to have a, a real physical effect on you. It, it might be slow, but it's definitely going to affect you. And Frodo's kind of willing to even just say, like, you know, he'll have the the strength, the fortitude to be able to take it on and, and do what he can to resist it. So I agree. I think that's great. I think, too, I heard um, I heard a little bit of honor in there. And, you know, we talk about honor as about doing right by your peers, about the people around you. And you could just kind of hear Frodo's, like, love for the hobbits of the Shire in the way that he talked about, like, wanting to save them and wanting, you know, as long as he felt confident that the Shire was kind of still behind him and safe, that that would help him to feel confident about doing what he was doing. And just that, you know, he really, really deeply cared about the people and the place that he was from and wanted to do right by them. I think that's a great example of honor, and it really motivated him to be able to sacrifice of himself. So I think that was I think that was really good. Lots of really good manly things there to see about the way that Frodo uh, lived and made his choice. So anything that you guys would say, like, how could you take any of that and put it into practice in your own lives? Like any ways that you could apply the things that you see Frodo doing in this scene? I mean, I could just be like more, have more courage and just be like, you know, I'll do this. I'll do more dangerous things and do things that are going to push me out of my comfort zone and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Any anything particular that comes to mind for you about that? Not really, but I just want to do more stuff that would take a lot of courage. Okay, yeah, that's good. Eli, what about you? Um, I mean, you know, we saw a lot that like he was like Colton said, kind of like he was able to do something that, you know, he wasn't really comfortable with. So I would maybe say like me like trying new things like um I'm thinking about trying um cross country this year which I've never done before so maybe like you know trying new things or stepping into something that you don't really know what's going to happen like this year I um did the um play for theater just other things that are like you know I might not like this. I might love it, but doing it because it will, you know, improve your character or be a better thing for you to do. Okay. Yeah. I think that's great. I really like that. I like those examples of stepping out in courage. Eli, I know you're going to do good at cross country because you ran a six minute mile. Appreciate that. That's awesome. All right. Well, here at the end of each episode of Manly Tales, we'd love to leave you guys, dads and sons, with some things to talk about after the episode is over. So today we actually just have one question is for both dads and sons for you guys to each answer to each other. So take some time to talk about what's one challenge in your life that you need to face with courage. Okay. Think of something that you can share with each other about that. And we will look forward to talking to you next time as we continue our stories in the Fellowship of the Ring. We'll see you then. See y'all next time. Bye bye. Manly Tales is a production of Manhood Tribes. Stories are performed by Josh Burns. For more information, visit manlytales.com. Hey dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.